It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's really easy to be negative about the Chicago Bears right now, and for good reason. They're 0-3, and they've been miserable. But let's take a little bit more of a growth mindset right now with this team and look at the areas where they can get better. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook, Join the Lockdown Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk, and make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Lockdown Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Lockdown Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. On the show today, we look at where and how the Chicago Bears can get better despite the 0-3 start. We'll start with Matt Eberfuss' defense, go through some ideas for what you can do to make up for some of the vulnerabilities they've been having, certainly over the middle of the field, but also lack of pass rush and just generally making things too easy on opposing quarterbacks. Then we'll look at the offense with Luke Getze, where maybe, despite the scoreboard, we started to see schematic signs of progress against the Chiefs and doing getting back to some of the things, but we need to see more of the things that can make this offense more successful with the players that you got, because that's part of the thing here too, right? It's like the team is mostly set. You got the guys that you got for the most part. And so it's about making them work with what you got. But at the same time, I do want to wrap up and talk about personnel usage and think maybe, you know, not necessarily that you're going to make some big blockbuster trade for like, you know, like a, a Jonathan Taylor or Chris Jones or something, but given the personnel that you have, could you use them different? Are there certain guys we could see less of or should see less of? And maybe other guys that we want to see more of just to give yourself a better chance to win or try and mix things up and get some different juice, different, some kind of something to give you more variety on both sides of the ball. But let's start with Matt Eberflus's defense because they gave up 41 points to the Chiefs and all the scrutiny has been, most of the scrutiny has been on the offense and Luke Getzi and Justin Fields for most of the season. And it feels to me like there are some simple things that you can do to help this defense. And then also some parts of defense are a little bit more complex and aren't as simple and easy fixes, right? Because I think everyone watches this defense and sees, you know, Baker Mayfield, Jordan Love, and, and Patrick Mahomes have way too much or way not enough trouble, like way too easy of a time attacking the middle of the field and really attacking anywhere they wanted on this defense. A lot of zone coverage from the Chicago Bears this season. And so people say, well, oh, the Bears need to run more man coverage because they're just sitting too soft in these zones. And I think there's some real truth to that. You know, if you look up like the Bears man and zone coverage, or if you chart, I guess you might have to do the Bears man and zone coverage usage this season. I mean, we're talking roughly, I mean, it kind of has varied by week, but 80% zone, 70% zone over the course of the, of the full season, they're sitting back there a lot. And you could say, well, okay, here's one idea. 
run more man coverage. And I, I think they should and could stand to run more man coverage, but it's a dangerous game because you look, the Bears, when they've run man coverage this season, particularly cover one, they haven't really done much cover zero blitzing this season, but cover one, they've done 17 snaps of cover one on defense. They've given up four touchdowns on those 17 plays. One, one in four man coverage cover one snaps has been a touchdown allowed this season. Sure, some of that's where on the field they're calling the coverage, et cetera, but like, it's not as though all of a sudden man coverage is just some perfect fix for the Bears. Or other people say, well, this four-man rush is not getting home, so they got to blitz more. You got to be a more effective blitzing team to get pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Agreed. They should blitz more. They should be better about blitzing to try and make up for this pass rush. But at the same time, this season, when the Bears have blitzed opposing quarterbacks, those quarterbacks... Their stat line against the Blitz this season, 12 of 15 for 239 yards and two touchdowns. That is a perfect passer rating. Every every quarterback combined throwing against the Bears Blitz this season has a perfect passer rating. I don't think that includes, that didn't include Blaine Gabbert. So I guess it's Mahomes, Love, and Baker Mayfield, but you get the point, right? Every quarterback has torn up the Bears Blitzes. Every quarterback is scoring on the Bears man coverage. So like those aren't, the, the end-all, be-all fixes. It's more complicated than that. Like, I think from a zone coverage perspective, the Bears need to try mixing in more, like, pattern match zone coverage rules. Like, instead of, you know, your linebackers and your underneath guys are just running to a spot, right? You get back to your the middle of your zone, you turn, you face the quarterback, and you look for receivers coming into your zone. Like, instead of being so focused on spot drop coverages, this more like this idea of pattern match is a little bit more of what we saw Vic Fangio do in his scheme where... You're getting into your zone, but depending on what route the wide receiver runs, you might switch to man coverage if he runs, depending on what zone you're in, runs certain routes. So like if it's an in-breaking route over the middle of the field, you might, as the outside cornerback, instead of being a deep third guy, pick him up in man coverage and take him across the middle of the field. Well, everyone else is still in zone, but you individually switch to man based on the route that the receiver is running. That's one of the ways you can take away some of the middle of the field there. You can do more to disguise your coverages, rolling your safeties putting different players in different zones that you might not immediately think, you know, like sometimes it's really obvious when the safety is going to come down and be a middle of the field zone versus a, a flat zone defender, you know, putting you calling the same coverages, but just putting different players in different spots within those zones are another way you can be more, you know, dynamic for quarterbacks. And then also blitzing. It feels like it's been a little bland. Like they are blitzing some and it's not working, but they're also like most of the time it's a four man rush. You know, they'll just drop a defensive end into coverage or something. And it's not super difficult for the QB to, figure out where to go and also for the offensive line to pick it up. Like the blitzes aren't freeing up pass rushers as much as they should. So like those kind of things are all going to be important for this bears defense coaching wise to get better. If you want to see what that looks like, I went through the all 22 film of the bears chiefs game defensively to kind of look at, okay, where are we seeing these drop coverages? What would the difference look like? It was a pattern match coverage. What's happening with these blitzes and all that good stuff. It's an exclusive all 22 video breakdown for members of the lockdown bears insiders group with subtext. If you want to check it out, you got to go to join subtext.com slash locked on bears. Also in that subtext group is where you'll find all those coverage numbers. I was talking about, I've got the charting for every game how much the Bears are running each coverage, what the stats are in coverage against each quarterback so far this season, and also how Justin Fields is doing against certain coverages, all only for Locked On Bears subtext members. Join subtext.com slash Locked On Bears. It's $4.99 a month. It's like basically buying me a cup of coffee once a month is all we ask of you to get access to all 22 breakdowns, exclusive charting, and you get a direct line to text me your questions, your comments. We text during the Bears games and so much more. Join subtext.com dot com 
slash locked on bears. And you can always find that link in the description and the podcast or on the YouTube video. We've done some past breakdowns on this bears offense, both Justin Fields and Luke Getze, what they need to do better collectively. And I want to go into that a little bit more specifically on what we can still see Luke Getze and company do more of to help this offense next on locked on bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors, and they've teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football and our host, Vinny Iyer, to bring you some of the best fantasy football picks each week, all season long. Whether you're doing daily fantasy and getting ready for one of those drafts or scouting the waiver wire for your season long team, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny's picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. San Francisco 49ers second-year quarterback Brock Purdy has picked up where he left off as a star rookie passer down the stretch last season with sharp play in Kyle Shanahan's offense. It's a diverted, loaded passing game with plenty of help from Christian Christian McCaffrey running up well and, and delivering quality through the red zone with his arms and legs. In Week 4, Purdy gets a favorable matchup at home against the Arizona Cardinals defense, and Purdy should manage multiple scores with 250-plus passing yards as San Francisco builds an early lead into another potential blowout. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows that a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. The same thing is true for your vehicle. With over 122 million parts available, for your vehicle, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. We're talking brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your car needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. No wondering if it's going to be the right part to fit your car the right way. eBay's guaranteed fit makes sure that you are good to go. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Last week against the Chiefs, despite the Bears offense not scoring much until garbage time, it did feel like we were starting to see signs of progress or growth from an offensive play calling and scheme and game plan standpoint. Certainly, you know, execution, still a work in progress. Offensive line issues, fields, sometimes issues, receiver issues. Like it, it was a collective failure. That's how you go, get shut out in the first half and score barely 10 points in garbage time. But we started to see him get, we started to see Luke Getze in particular get back to some of the sorts of things that have been successful last year when the offense was actually working well, even despite they were losing games, but not enough of them. We talked about it a little bit on Monday's podcast, right? We saw the Bears come out committed or trying to be committed to the running game, really sticking to it, handing it off early to both Roshan Johnson and Khalil Herbert, having some success here and there. I mean, we certainly we, we trust both of those backs as runners. It was more like the offensive line sometimes being up and down throughout that. But, uh, you know, compared to the Buccaneers game where they abandoned the run pretty quickly despite not being horribly behind on the scoreboard, this was a game where, they were handing it off and sticking to the running game and also then running play action off of that. You know, Fields had a couple of nice play action throws early in that game to try and get things in rhythm and it created more time for him in the pocket. And sometimes receivers recovered on a couple of those max protect deep shot plays. But like for the most part, like those are things we want to see, even if they didn't produce enough results. On top of that, we've wanted to see the Bears offense try and get back to more 
quarterback running plays. Get Justin Fields' legs involved in plays that are not pass attempts that turn into scrambles, but actually like run blocking for your quarterback. We didn't see a ton of it in terms of Fields actually carrying the ball, but you, if you watch back through the beginning of that Chiefs game, especially like before it was a huge blowout, because then of course they kind of had to abandon the run when you're down 34 nothing at halftime. But like earlier in that game, like out of the first like you know handful of drives, there were five or six read option plays where Justin Fields has the, the option to either give it to the running back or keep it himself. And every single time the Chiefs are taking that end man on the line of scrimmage and he's standing there waiting for Fields to keep it, daring the Bears to hand it off every time. They don't want Fields to keep that ball. And so while we weren't seeing the quarterback runs, Luke Etsy was calling those plays that have the opportunity for a potential quarterback run and the defense was dictating the handoff. So like, again, it's not, it's not success, but it's progress offensively scheme wise. And I still think there's more you can do there, right? I think a more running game, more play action. We can never have, I'm saying not that you can never have too much, but you can stand to add a bit more to that. Clearly fields thrives off of play action a little bit more. And the more you run the ball effectively, the easier it is on your quarterback. You control the clock, you give your defense a break. There's lots of good reasons to run the ball. I think we should, we should, we need to see the bears get the running game, getting out to the edges a little bit more and using some of the speed that they have at running back. I know part of the problem is, is the wide receiver blocking and really the tight end blocking has been a challenge, but you know, if you can, if you scheme up like a toss crack play, I know Robert Schmitz on Twitter, friend of the show has been pounding the table for more cross, more toss crack runs all, all, all season long, but especially this week against the Denver Broncos. And I, and I couldn't agree more. Like the bears need to get some toss plays out in space. It's an easier block for the wide receiver to come back and crock black to, to, Wow, I almost almost got it there to crack crack block. Wow, I cannot say that to crack block back on those crack toss runs, and then you're getting the, you're going to pull one of your offensive or a couple of your offensive linemen out in space, and that's why you have athletic, thinner offensive linemen. That was the whole emphasis under Ryan Poles: lighter weight, more athletic offensive linemen. Let's get them out in space. I'm surprised the Bears haven't done more of that. I still want to see more rolling out. If you're smart about it and careful about it and you have to be intentional about it because teams are getting really good at stopping rollouts and having that that defensive end just watch the quarterback and blitz that and, and not allow him to roll out. But you can leave a tight end in the block there and still roll out. You, know, you can pull an offensive lineman and still roll out. You can sprint out. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can roll out to still account for if the defense is going to pass rush or blitz that rollout. Like you can counter that. You're not just have, you don't just have to throw up your hands and say, oh, I guess. We can't roll out because they sacked us, you know, well, then adjust your blocking so they don't sack you so you can still roll out. Like, get Fields on the run intentionally. That'll make him scramble, but make him, you know, move the pocket for him and then give him the option to scramble off of that if you want to. And, you know, and I think in terms of helping this offensive line as well, like, can we see more tight ends staying in to help maybe longer in pass protection? We saw more of it against the Kansas City Chiefs but I still want to see even more. Give me more Mercedes Lewis. It's so fun to watch Mercedes Lewis block in this offense. I feel bad for him, wasting away his age 39 or 40 season or however old he is on a bad Bears team right now. Use him more. Certainly Robert Tanyan can't block to save his life this season, so don't necessarily use him more. But, you know, could you keep Kari Blasingame, the fullback, in more as a blocker, who still is a threat as a receiver, right? It's not like the defense, It's not. I'm not saying leave a sixth offensive lineman out there because then the defense doesn't have to cover him or worry about him as a threat. No, but the tight ends and fullbacks that can block, use them as blockers more because 
Coverage-wise, they still have to account for him slipping out and running around as opposed to, like, a true six offensive lineman in there. You leave the running backs in to help more and, like, be more targeted about where they're helping to, like, actually coordinate the blocking schemes a little bit better. It seems like, for the most part, running backs in this offense kind of just go into the middle of the field and wait and look around, and then if no one's there, slip out into their route, and then they're late to pick up stunts. Or, more importantly, you're leaving your tackles on an island, Darnell Wright and Larry Borum, like direct, your, you know, call your protection. So maybe you're sliding to the right. Then your running back is filling in on the left to help the left tackle one-on-one versus whoever the Broncos edge rushers are going to be. I haven't even gotten that far. I, I can't think of who they even have now post Von Miller and, and Bradley Chubb. What have they got? Uh, Grandy Gregory and Jonathan Cooper. It's not, I guess they got Frank Clark, but I think he's been, he's been injured up to this point in the season. But regardless, like use your extra blockers intentionally, not just like, a little chip here. Like that happened last week against the chiefs. Like they had Darnell Wright one-on-one with Chris Jones on the right side, but they had the tight end and the running back on the left side of the offense to like to help Larry Borum. And certainly like Larry Borum needs help sometimes. But when Chris, when the star pass rusher on the other team is lined up against your rookie right tackle, help him like know where your opponent is and then scheme the protection to that. And sure, Maybe that's on the center. Maybe that's on field. It's not all on Luke Getze per se, but like, let's either way, like, let's get this together. Like, let's figure out how to operate blocking schemes on offense with any sort of consistency or effectiveness there. And also from a Getze standpoint, like better route spacing, you know, make the reads easier. Don't have players so condensed and and right tight with each other to where the same defender can cover multiple guys because they're running the same spot or the routes have the same stem and then break off. But by the time they break off, the play's over, right? You're not always putting Justin Fields in position to be successful. And and I forgot too, back on the quarterback running thing. Like, yes, the defenses are are spying Fields a lot, both as a passer and on the read option plays. Then call the QB power. You know, we saw it last season, direct snap to Fields. There's no option. The option is you run. There is no there is no second option. It's designed quarterback running play. You pull a guard, you have a running back lead block for him. It's just designed snap run with Fields as a quarterback. We haven't really seen any of that to my memory up to this point this season. Maybe there's been one, but if that, there really hasn't been a lot of that. Make him the designated runner. He can still slide. He can still, if you know, if you take him to the edge, he can still go out of bounds. Like you don't have to put him at like, and we're not saying pound it up the middle with fields and take these big hits from defensive linemen per se, but like use him more as a runner, roll him out, let him have run pass options in terms of rollouts as well. Like there's just more, it just always feels like there's more you could be doing, right? It doesn't feel like the bears are trying absolutely everything and nothing's working. They're throwing everything at the wall and nothing sticks. It feels like we got more we can throw at the wall to see if it might stick. And that's what that's really what I want to see from this Bears coaching staff. Because in addition to their players also do need to play better. Like you can't just say it's all on the coaches and not excuse or and, and then just excuse players not playing well. I mean, the Bears lead the NFL and missed tackles this season. Matt Eberflus is not missing those tackles. They maybe should coach them better to tackle better. But like Matt Eberflus is not missing 18 tackles against the Bucks, And I think it was 13 against the Chiefs off the top of my head. And so that's kind of where, again, player performance does play a part in this. And I think the Bears could choose to make some different decisions from a personnel usage standpoint. And I want to go to where where maybe it's time to not necessarily like outright bench some guys, but shift how much playing time you're giving certain players that aren't performing and maybe give some more playing time to some other guys that we haven't seen enough of yet. That's next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical, the makers of the Jace case. The Jace case has five life-saving antibiotics that you can have on hand to make sure that you are all ready to go 
for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form and in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of their board certified physicians. And you can always get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment related questions with doctor recommendations across the board. Don't wanna be caught unprepared. You know, when, when you get into a situation where you need some antibiotics, certainly we've seen uh, supply chain shortages where some people haven't been able to get the antibiotics they need when they really want them. There are also situations where you feel like crap, you're sick, you need antibiotics. The Jace case has it right there for you. So you don't have to go to the pharmacy, go to the doctor, get everything squared away. Right now, you can get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics from Jace Medical by using our promo code Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Bears coaches can certainly do more schematically and with the play calling. The Bears players need to be better. And maybe if certain players aren't playing better, then they need to be playing less. And that's kind of the the other way here that the Bears can find ways to get better, can find improvement is by giving more playing time to other players that might play a little bit better. Like for example, on offense, I don't think we have to like fully, fully bench Chase Claypool, but can we stop playing Chase Claypool so much? Like you look in in the season so far, he's played more snaps than Darnell Mooney. He is their second leading receiver after DJ Moore in terms of playing time. Now Mooney got hurt briefly. Was that against the Bucks or the Packers? I can't remember. But Mooney left with an injury earlier this season, so maybe he's not 100% healthy. But even against the Chiefs, Chase Claypool plays 44 snaps. Darnell Mooney plays 36. Chase Claypool should not be playing, or first of all, should not be playing more snaps than Darnell Mooney, but also should not be playing nearly as many snaps as he, I mean, he's played almost, not almost every snap, but he plays all but about five or six snaps a game. He is on the field a lot. And I get, you really want to make it work with Chase Claypool. You see him as a player. I think the Bears see him as a player that, you know what? He's got talent in there. We know he's good and you got to get it out of him. And you got to play him, get him used to the offense, get him up to speed, get him on the same page with fields. And the way to do that is by playing him. But at some point, the poor blocking and the inability to catch contested catches downfield, like at some point, again, we don't have to give up entirely on Claypool and bench him or trade him or cut him right this second. But like, can we just play him a little less, you know, play Darnell Mooney more, play Tyler Scott a little bit more as a rookie with some juice, maybe dare I say, activate Equinemius St. Brown. I, I, I would never thought I'd be sitting here in week three saying, man, I wish the Bears would play Equinemius St. Brown more after what we saw last season of wishing Equinemius St. Brown would be nowhere near the field. But at least he can block. You know what I mean? Like at least he can give you something there. And, and he does catch the ball. Like he's not useless as a wide receiver. I don't think Claypool has been either. He's caught some passes, but like let's let's reduce the Chase Claypool playing time and play more St. Brown or Tyler Scott or Dare I say Valus Jones? I don't know. Maybe, that, maybe that's a step too far. Or Trent Taylor. Like, you don't love those guys, but you don't love Chase Claypool right now either. So maybe just some fresh juice in there, some different skill set in there. Maybe Simba Webster from the practice squad even, just to get some other guys in there 
to try and spark something with his offense because you never know if somebody could all of a sudden have it click for them, be on the same page with Fields, and have a big game and give you something a little bit extra on this Bears offense. One other idea I thought offensively that I'm, I'm hesitant about, but I wonder if there's a smart way to do it. We have not seen Robert Tunyon offer anything of value to the Bears this season. He's been terrible as a blocker, has dropped a couple of passes as a receiver. And so I don't want to reward that with more playing time, but like, is there a way we can get Travis or to get Robert Tanyan more involved in this offense? Like we know Robert Tanyan has consistently been a better player than this throughout his career. He's never been like a, a stud pro bowl kind of guy, but he's been a five, 600 yard receiver a couple different times. He's had double digit touchdowns in a season before. Like, can we get him the ball in the red zone? You know, even if, like, I don't want Robert Tanyan blocking on any play. Like at this point, that's hurting your offense if Robert Tanyan is blocking at all in the game. But like he played eight snaps against the Chiefs. He's played 30 snaps through three games this season. I think he might've been hurt entering week one, if I remember right, like he wasn't 100%. So maybe that's a part of this, but like he was signed to be the number two tight end and like was supposed to be a bigger player in this offense and hasn't been. And I don't want to just like force feed him the ball anywhere on the field because he hasn't been able to take advantage of the ones he has had. But like, can we find a way a, a Tanyan package, a Tanyan play, something just to get him going because he can catch. We've seen him be an effective receiver in this offense with this offensive coordinator on his coaching staff, like in this system with Mercedes Lewis as a teammate. Like we should be able to get more out of Robert Tanyan. And so again, like I don't want to reward him with more playing time because he's been bad, but can we find ways to get him the ball and maybe spark something there, get him playing better and then reward him with more playing time as a result. I'd like to see more Mercedes Lewis too, because he's He's been blocking really well, and I love watching Mercedes Lewis block. We mentioned that earlier. How about on defense? You know, in this front four, the pass rush is not working. And I just feel like I don't need to see so much Dominic Robinson, and I don't need to see so much Rasheem Green on this defensive line. The problem is you don't got much for alternatives, certainly on the 53-man roster right now. You got almost nothing for alternatives. They added, well, for the game last week, they added off of their practice squad uh, the defensive end, Daniel Hardy, because Khalid Kareem, who they brought up from, who they claimed from the Colts on waivers, is now on injured reserve. You do also have Jalen Harris, but like defensive end is a spot where it's like, is there anybody out there they can claim and try and get back and, you know, add something to this pass rush? I believe, friend of the show, not friend of the show, but a fan favorite is what I meant to say. Fan favorite Terrell Lewis from the preseason is on the Saints practice squad but I don't think he's been elevated to their 53-man roster so you could sign Terrell Lewis back to your practice squad we saw him pass rush well like can we get him or just some kind of outside pass rusher not that you're going to solve your pass rush by picking up some team's trash off their practice squad and all of a sudden unlocking your pass rush but like Dominique Robinson has been really bad this season and Rasheem Green has not done much better and they've been bad against the run bad against the pass rush missing tackles, like let's just get somebody else in there because this ain't it on that defensive line right now. And just any kind of body, maybe you can find a diamond in the rough because we're getting desperate at this point. Like that, that's what it comes down to. I think even bigger picture though, where they can find improvement from a personnel standpoint, it's just like, can, can, can we get healthy? Like, can we stop having injuries on our screens every week? Like, can we stop watching this whole defense completely go down? I mean, this whole secondary was out at one point last week. You had Terrell, Terrell Smith, uh, uh, Jalen Jones as your two outside cornerbacks, Greg Stroman in the slot, and then Quindell Johnson and Elijah Hicks as your second as your safeties. Like you had no starters or 
one injured starter back in there. Like at some point, this defense has to get better when guys just get healthy again. And in theory, will stop getting hurt all at the same position group. Like you can't avoid injuries. You can't prevent injuries altogether. But usually they don't all happen at cornerback and safety. Like you notice no one in the front seven is hurt, but everybody in the back set, the back five is like eventually that should level out a little bit. Like maybe somebody in your front seven gets hurt, but guys in the back end should get a little bit healthier. And that should help this defense find some improvement when you have veterans and not undrafted rookie free agents or rookie fifth round picks running around in your secondary against Patrick Mahomes. Same thing on the offense with the offensive line. Tevin Jenkins will be four weeks next week after the Broncos game. Will he be ready to come back off of injured reserve? Can you plug Tevin Jenkins back at left guard, move Cody Whitehair back to center, maybe improve those positions at the same time? Nate Davis may be getting back to right guard and perhaps being a slight upgrade over Jatiree Carter, who got bull rushed quite a bit against the Chiefs. Wasn't abysmal, but was not good. And maybe Lucas and, and in theory, Nate Davis should be able to be better. And maybe eventually Braxton Jones can come back too. Like, I'm not here to advocate and say, yeah, put Dan Feeney in at center because I don't think Dan Feeney is better than Lucas Patrick. If anything, it's pick your poison. But, you know, or certainly not Aviante Collins at tackle over Larry Borum. I don't think so. But, like, if guys can just start to get healthier instead of having all these injuries and issues concentrated at the same position, like, there's still going to be more injuries this season. But in theory, can you spread them out and not have them all at the same spots? Then the team can be better at some of these really high-impact positions of O-line and corner and safety that have been injured in a way that is a little bit too concentrated. So, like, there's a path here for improvement for the Chicago Bears. That doesn't mean we're going to see drastic improvement. That doesn't mean they're going to figure everything out. But as we keep saying, they might beat the Denver Broncos this week. <laughs> they, they have a really good shot of getting their first win this week. We're going to preview that game tomorrow with Crossover Thursday with our friends from Locked on Broncos. So make sure you come back for that Hit the subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We really appreciate our everydayers that are tuning in five days a week for your daily Bears fix. Shout out to all the Lockdown Bears insiders hanging with us throughout a very difficult season so far. And I hope that no matter how hard it gets with this Bears team, you can always still find another reason to bear down. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.